Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you. And we've got a tremendous podcast for you today. A lot to get to as the Eagles preparing for Saturday night's game, the NFC Divisional Round of these 2022 playoffs at Lincoln Financial Field. I am joined by the great Merrill Reese as we uh, kind of go through the podcast here. And Merrill periodically will check in with each other. And I'm just, how, how much fun are you having this week? I know that this is this is showtime for you. Yeah, it's playoffs. I mean, what could be better? We, we go through a whole season. We go through a great season. There were some downs and some concerns at the end after Jalen Hurts went down. But uh, they're back and it's playoff time, and Hurts is healthy, and the sun is shining. Do you do a preseason win-loss record? I do. What, what did you, what did and, you pick? And not, when the, not when the schedule comes out, but in our broadcast booth, right after the last preseason game, Joe McPeak, our producer, gives us each a 3 by 5 card, and we predict the order of finish in the NFC East and the records for each team. So, yes, we do one. And? And I picked 13 and 4. Merrill, you're way off. <laughs> who'd you have I losing did. to? I won. I mean, who'd you have the Eagles losing to? Do I didn't remember? do it that way. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't say win here, lose here. I just said this to me. I think this team can win 13 games. Yeah, uh, ter- terrific season. NFC East, a really remarkable season for the, for the division. I Do- actually picked the order of finish. Eagles, Giants, Dallas, Washington. Okay, so you, why did you believe in the Giants? Uh, because I like Daniel Jones. And because I had heard good things about Brian Dable. And I thought, maybe, maybe it wasn't that I believed that much in the Giants, but I thought the Cowboys were going to tumble a little bit more than they did. Well, we will get into the Giants specifically in just a little bit here. I uh, want to let you all know what is involved in this podcast. Today. We will have our first look at the Giants. John Schmilk joined me from Giants.com. We've got some interviews from the locker room with Dallas Goddard, with Josh Sweat, Nick Sirianni, one-on-one interview, of course, that we bring to you every week. Let's begin, though. Just a few moments ago, Kaiser White, Eagles linebacker, was in the studio with me talking about the playoffs, his first playoff appearance in his five-year career comes on Saturday night, one-on-one with Kaiser White. Pleased to be joined by Eagles linebacker Kaiser White on the Eagles Insider podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, making his playoff debut. Yes, sir. Five years in. Yeah. Long, time for, long time to wait for playoffs. Yeah, uh, I actually went to the playoffs uh, my rookie year, but I was on IR, IR so I right. never got the experiences. So technically this is like, you know, actually my first time being out there and, uh, you know, being active. So I'm definitely excited what is the week like is do you, do you notice a difference in tempo or intensity yeah or the energy definitely up um the energy up um everybody on their details i feel like we as a group uh all year long um we had high energy and always been on the details but you could definitely feel that you know it's a different atmosphere we walking into for sure um before we get into the game and, and let's just talk about the season you've had are you pleased with i mean you you made kind of a bet on yourself Mm-hmm. One-year deal in the offseason. Are you pleased with the way everything's worked out? Yeah, but uh, it's definitely room for more. Uh, you know, I want to do more, man. You know what I mean? I want to get my hands on more balls, things like that. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely pleased, man. You know, you can't write this script any better first year back. You know, uh, the season we have in, you know, best team in the NFL uh, record-wise. You know, now is a new season, essentially. Um, and the playoffs, you know, all that. As you know, it's in the past now. You know, we got to take it one game at a time. But, yeah, man, you can't write the script any better. When did you think, Kai, that this would be a really 
special team. It's the first day I got here. Really? Yeah, I just felt it, man. It's kind of, you know, it's just real and, uh, you know what I mean, everybody straightforward, everybody focused on, you know, one goal. Um, you know, football is real big here. You know what I mean? You just feel it, man. You feel it. Um, and there's a, an amazing amount of talent. I mean, I know that every locker room has a lot of talent, but like as it kind of went along here and pieces were being added, did you kind of look around and go, wow, there, there's a lot of really good players here. A lot of really good players, man, from top to bottom. You know what I mean? Even guys that's not even, you know, on the field could be starters anywhere around the league. So it was like, we we definitely got a good thing going here. All right, we so. get to the end of the regular season, 14-3. Did you celebrate the win over the Giants week 18 to clinch the bye week? Did you do anything special? I, I was just chilling with the fam, man. Okay. You know what I mean? Just chilling with the fam and then, you know, looking forward to, you know, the bye week, uh, resting up and, uh, you know, just trying to stay focused, trying to stay locked in because the job nowhere near finished. We talked last week, you were going, you were going to go back home and you were going to watch football all weekend. Mm -hmm. Did you do that? Yeah, I did that, yeah. All weekend? All weekend, yeah. Uh, give me the scene. Is it like a big white family? No, no, no. I was just... Uh, Wasn't like know, a flag football game or anything with nah, all your my, brothers? My aunt, I was with my aunt and uh, my parents, and um, I was with my daughter, too. And, you know, we was just sitting there watching football, so... Um, so the Chargers, your former team, had a crazy game. I yeah, wonder what was it like for you to watch that game? Man, I was in shock. I didn't think that was going to happen, man. You know, I was obviously uh, rooting for them. I wanted to see them, you know, do well. Um... But yeah, man, that was crazy. crazy that was crazy. Games. The playoffs, there's there's something about the playoffs where I know that every play always matters in every game, but doesn't it seem like the playoffs every there's like such a different it's amplify. Yeah. Yeah, it's amplify for sure. Um okay, so so then okay, let's talk about that game. So they're up twenty seven nothing. You're kind of thinking this is game. Yeah, over. I definitely thought it was over. I was texting, you know, my dogs, like, <laughs> yo, it's over. How how crushing for those cats. And you were rooting for them. You're you're not yeah, like hey, nah, LA. Man, I ain't got no hate in my blood. They okay. gave me a chance to, you know, make my dreams come true. And uh I did that. So yeah, man, I, I definitely want to see them do well. I love that. Okay, so then Baltimore game, quarterback reaches over, uh, ball comes loose, falls in the hands of a defensive tackle. Are you is that a dream come true for a defensive lineman? Oh yeah, for sure. And then for him to take it ninety eight yards and, and, and not. I'm running caught. everybody. Yeah, I thought Mark Andrews was gonna get him. I thought yeah. he got blocked locked in the back, but yeah. Um, um, Buffalo and and the, then the Miami Dolphins again. Like 17-0, came back on them. See that? Yeah. You can't get complacent in these playoffs, man. Or you could be up three, four scores, think you got it, and here you go. You know what I mean? All right, then. So then the Giants come along. What, when you are watching the Giants, I wonder, I think fans wonder, like, do players watch it and actually enjoy the game? Or are you watching it and kind of like half that's crazy. I can't even uh, I can't even really watch it to like just enjoy it. Now I'll be trying to like pick up on keys and certain things that they doing. You know, obviously I enjoy watching football, but I feel like I'll be uh feel like a film session to me. Because I think fans so so answer me, I mean, you talk to fans like look, you guys know football at a totally different level than anybody. But when you're a fan and that's what you have to watch, like when you watch a football game, do you feel that the fan is educated to the point where they really know what's going on? Some fans might be, and then other fans, not so much. You know what I mean? So you might think you know what's going on or who made a mistake or who was supposed to be here and there. But, you know, some fans might really know what's going on. But Do you I, talk football with fans? Do you talk football with uh, family? Nah, not, oh, with my family, yeah, because I got two brothers that, you know, played in the NFL. One that's still in the NFL. I talk football with them. So if a fan comes up to you and says, hey, I want to talk football with you, you know that all they want is for you to hear their opinion. Of yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Um, all right, Kaiser, let's talk a little bit about the Giants. Um, what what impresses you about what they do offensively? Um, 
Offensively, I'm going to say uh, at the quarterback position, I feel like uh, Daniel Jones, um, he's faster than a lot of people think. Uh, you know, he gets a lot done with his legs. Um, you know what I mean? They just a they just a hungry group. I feel like I feel like uh, you know they take on that underdog role, and you know I feel like they try to run with that. So you know I feel like they got a lot of um, pieces over there that you know can make things happen, and um, you definitely don't want to sleep on them. I talked to Josh Sweat about the bootleg the other day, and he told me that it's like it, it's something that defensive ends don't want to see because it's high effort. You know you've got to sprint to the quarterback. You know he's going to throw it over your head. Right. Like from a linebacker standpoint. A bootleg, a a quarterback who runs, all the window dressing. You got to be on your keys, man, for sure. Explain to fans what a key is, please. Like it, you know, like you got to be dialed into, you know, the offensive lineman posture, and um, you know, trying to take keys from that. You know, your run pass reads. You know, um, in the passing game, you know, looking at the quarterback drop and you know, breaking on his eyes and you know, certain uh, splits from the receivers to see, you know, what, what play call could possibly come. You might not ever be 100% right. Well, you won't ever be 100% right, but, you know, just dial into those keys that you see during the week to, you know, make it easier come uh, Sunday, Saturday night, um, where you could just go out there and fly around and play ball and, you know, just kind of, you know, you, you've seen it all during the week, so just go with that, man. You know what I mean? Don't second-guess yourself. You know what I mean? You've seen it a thousand times throughout the week and your preparation. So, you know, just canning in and honing in on that and just, you know, trusting your instincts and, uh, you know, playing ball at the end of the day. When in your football life did you realize that watching film could mean the difference? Um, when I got to West Virginia, um, I started watching a lot of film when I was at junior college and stuff like that, I ain't really watch film. I was just out just there. Better than, you were just better than everybody. Yeah, I was just out there playing, man. And um, I feel like it really helped me, but I feel like I got to a point where it's watching too much film was hurting me as well. It was a point at West V where I was, feel like I was just a, 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 a film junkie. You know, I was watching too much and it was kind of had me overthinking a little bit where it's like, man, I don't even need to be watching all this. Just keying on certain details and then let's just play ball. How do you how do you then you know you've seen the Giants three times here like or two times third like do you feel like you've seen everything? Yeah, but I also know um, you know they got great coaches over there, so I feel like they're gonna implement some things maybe we haven't seen or uh, maybe we haven't played so well throughout the year where they could take from certain teams. So um, I, I know something is coming. Yeah, for sure. Did you you appreciate the NFC East and, and what it what it means? Yeah, man. But I mean, I knew you grew up an Eagles fan. Yeah, the tradition the tradition over here. Um, the Eagles was the team I followed. I was a big Payne Manning fan. That was my favorite. Yeah. Him and Sean Taylor was my favorite player. So, uh, you know, I was following the Colts real heavy. And, you know, obviously following the Eagles because they right in my backyard. But, yeah, the tradition, man, like, you know, the big rivalry games, I feel like it, this is the best uh, division in football when it comes to that. How many members of your family are coming down on Saturday night? Um, I'm trying to figure that out now, man. Because tickets I, are not easy I, to get. Yeah, man. I, Stop I, calling I, Kaiser White <laughs> is, the, is the message here. Hey, I got a lot of tickets <laughs> uh, when we played my brother, the Saints, uh, a few weeks ago. So, uh, I don't know, man. I got to see. I got to cut that list down a little bit. To yes, be you do. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, the ticket prices went up like yeah, twice. Yeah, for they, sure. They jumped up. For so, sure. Uh, so I, I do want to get a sense of like how, how, how do you feel about yourself and how do you feel about the defense and the team going into the playoffs here? Um, I feel real good about the team and myself. 
um, where we at. You know, um, I feel like we still ain't play our best game top to bottom yet. So I'm looking forward to doing that. And myself, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, take that step and, uh, you know, create a lot of turnovers, man. You know, I've been I feel like I've been close all year. I thought I would have had a whole lot by now. But, uh, you know, sometimes it just don't go that way. And uh, I'm going to keep um, honing in on the things I need to get better at and, uh, you know, just keep pushing forward. And, uh, you know what I mean? Just giving it my all, man. Is is the f- more physical team going to win on Saturday night? For sure. Yeah. For sure. I feel like playoffs going to come down to who wants it more, who's the most physical, and who's the, you know, most relentless. Do you think it will be a little bit faster, just a tick faster? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think so. For sure. So how do you get ready for that if you've never, like in the first play, I don't know, how do you get ready for it? Hey, man. They I play in the like, playoffs. I feel like uh, it's just instincts, man. You know what I mean? Like, you you – we here for a reason, so like, don't put any extra thought into it. We know how to play football. We've been here. We had a great season. Um, let's continue it. It's it's what you dream of, right? For sure, man. Five years in the NFL. So, what what were you injured? With? What was your injury? <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. What was your injury as a rookie? Uh, I had it like a PCL, my meniscus. I had to get it scoped out, and um, uh, Doctor Andrews out in uh, Florida. You know, he thought the best. Um, method to get me back to full strength was uh rehabbing and all everything like that so I played three games my rookie year I had to pick I was making plays man I, I had a good first three games I feel like and then uh you know I had to shut it down but yeah and so you watched I don't I don't, I don't know what happened in the playoff game who'd you guys play played uh the Patriots we lost were you yeah. LA at that time or San Diego LA yeah I never uh played, played against Brady and the Patriots yeah it was Brady yeah and you were watching on the sidelines yeah and a lot of the linebackers was hurt so they actually had safeties playing linebacker and stuff that oh. game. yeah you're sitting there going that could have been that could have been me <sighs> out there me out there what and finally here guys here what will it be like on Saturday night during the day it's a long day uh you know that everybody's gonna be tailgating from mm-hmm. 10 o'clock in the morning on like how, what do you do all day to keep yourself relaxed yet Really kind of ready to spring um, it Throwing some good music, you know, uh, talk to my family on the phone. Uh, just try to stay um, as even and level-headed as possible. You know what I mean? I don't want to be too emotional going in there or too hyped up, amped up, where I get out there and now I'm drained because I'm overdoing it. You know what I mean? I just want to stay, you know, at a at an even kill level and, uh, you know, just do a lot of visualization, uh, pray. You know what I mean? I like to watch my brother's highlights and stuff like that. Um, that get me going. And you know, talk to my daughter. I love that. Yeah, Which that's what that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. And what's your family? Was your your family comes in and, and do, do they go through that tailgate? Yeah, routine? they do the tailgate. Yeah, yeah they'll right. do the tailgate. But I'll see them before and everything like that. I'll see them at some point before the game. So. And what is your what are you what threads will you be wearing on the uh, on the way in? Are you a dresser? I'm or trying. I'll be I'll be chilling, man. I don't really do too much. I think the playoffs. I'm gonna step it up a little bit. Okay. Probably uh, do some shopping either you know tomorrow or something like that. Okay. Um, you know, try to. You know, feel good, play good. <laughs> That's you know right. what I mean? Look good, all I, that. I, I just, yeah. I get my hair cut every day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my man. Hey, guys, you're great. Best of luck. Uh, thanks for joining me. And uh, go out and kick some butt on Saturday night. Yes, sir, my guy. I appreciate you, man. Gotcha. Thank you. All right, Merrill, we're back. Um, Kaiser, one of those players that the Eagles added in the offseason. And that's when you, I think that's when fans really started to go, hey, this this roster that Howie's putting together is really special. Now, in those early days, it was Redick. It was White. It was Zach Paschal. Three pretty good players from free agency in the early oh. or in the early days of free mm-hmm. agency. Absolutely. Redick, um, did you see sixteen plus sacks coming from? Uh, no, it, I, I mean I didn't. I didn't count. I didn't say well. <sighs> he's capable of making fourteen sacks or coming up with eighteen. No matter. But I knew that Hassan Redick 
was going to add to this team. That's why when I hear people ask Nick Sirianni, uh, going into this this playoff game with the Giants, uh, did you learn something from last year's loss at Tampa Bay in the playoffs? And I think to myself, yeah, but the thing you learned is you need to shore up other areas because this isn't the same team. This is a bigger – I mean, you didn't have A.J. Brown last year. You didn't have Hassan Reddick or Kaiser White. You didn't have James Bradbury last year. And you didn't have A.J. Brown last year. And you didn't have a quarterback, the kind of quarterback that Jalen Hurts has stepped into becoming. I mean, he was I, – I, I've always liked him. You know that. But, uh, but the, the improvement that he's made in his feel for the game, his ability to make quick decisions, his accuracy, the mechanics. Jalen Hurts has really made tremendous strides. He's gone from a quarterback that some, not me, but some said, I don't know if he's the ultimate answer for the Eagles, to a top five quarterback. Not top ten, top five quarterback in the league. And I've said this, and I will say it again, you were early on, very, very pro Jalen Hurts. Yes. So I give you the credit, Miro. You identified it early, and it has certainly come true that Jalen is no doubt top five, top three. Yeah, he's this right year? there this year. Been, I think he's the MVP. Been, now we all have to see how he comes off the injury and plays on Saturday I night. I think he'll be fine. I agree. I don't think there's going to be any really any no. limitations. Not, no, not you certainly at all. don't want to get hit on that shoulder, but no, but what, I think nobody he's ever fine. wants to get hit on the shoulder. Um, all right, let, Kaiser White also. Just to circle back. Underrated signing. I thought he really filled a, a a hole for the Eagles. And when you get into the playoffs, as the Eagles did last year for the first time with Nick as the head coach, it was a great accomplishment to get to the playoffs, but it also opened everybody's eyes as to what this team needed. Yeah. And that was a major roster upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. You know what the funny thing is, and I'm I'm speaking thinking about this right now. We were all excited about the draft, the fact that they picked up Jordan Davis. The fact that we found out about a, a very good young offensive lineman in Cam Jordan. And then when they surprisingly surprised that he was even there in the next pick, uh, picked up N'Kobe Dean. Now, here are three guys who really haven't meant that much to the team at this point. Jordan Davis has had some injuries. He had the concussion absence. I think he's going to be great. But, but his greatness has not yet reached that NFL stage as it will in subsequent years. The Kobe Dean has played special teams and he's filled in from time to time. He's a terrific young football player and hit the best of him is still ahead. So when we talk about this team getting good and making moves, they're going to be better next year just because of these guys going from year one to year two. Yeah, it's interesting how it's worked out. They haven't been able to, or they haven't needed to use the young players in immediate roles because the veterans have done such a good job. All right, uh, what was also missing from last year's playoffs? Defensive end Josh Sweat, who suffered that, um, I guess it was a kidney injury, it was a, uh, it was a spleen injury, yeah. and wasn't able to play. I caught up with Josh this week. We talked about the complicated offensive scheme with Daniel Jones, the use of bootlegs, how difficult it is for defensive ends when... The quarterback is a threat to run all the time. And along with that, Josh talks about how excited he is to be back in the playoffs this season. You're a defensive end, and this is a guy who's going to bootleg you and try to get outside the pocket. I mean, in your mind, is there a special kind of discipline that you need against a kind of guy like this? I mean, for that, it's just 
something that you just got to respect, you know what I mean? Because it's possible to run all the time, you know. It's, like I said, just, you just got to follow your keys and, um, you know, take a chance every now and then. <laughs> yeah. well, what, do you, what do you make of his success? He's certainly gotten, uh, yeah. kind, of, kind of found his game. Yeah, it's one, of those, it's one of those offenses that can really slow down a rush if you, you know, like I said, if, if, if the guys aren't taking advantage of the opportunity of following their keys, I feel like it can slow you down. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, he just handed it off. You know what I mean? But I ran up the field, and it can get you out of your element. But, I mean, it's one of those offenses. Like, we hate to see boot. We hate to see. We love to see play action when it, it gives you time. But when you see boot, it's just like he's sprinting out. And God forbid he sprints to the other side. Now your ass running over there just for him to throw it in your You know what I'm saying? So what, what is it? To, what, what is your, when you see a boot, like, is it, what is your initial thought? Make sure, you, make sure you're in your, in your, don't get too greedy. I'm just like, man, damn. That's all I think because it's one of those high effort plays which, you know, once you, you know, you get there, you know you're going to run to it because that's what's in you. And it's just like, damn, he's going to throw the shank as soon as I get there. You know, he's even going to throw it away because you're already out the pocket. And he's going to make you run. It's, it's to, you know, slow you down. It's to get you tired and um, get you, you know, get you looking around everywhere, get your eyes in the wrong places. But I don't like him, but... You know, I, I I can play it well, so it is what it is. I'm just going. Is it a tendency where you just can't be greedy against a quarterback like this because you're the boot, the the threat of the boot is always going to yeah. be there. That's what I'm saying. The play call yeah. itself just makes you know that you can't. You know, you can't do certain things. Period. You how, got, do you, how do you feel like your defense matches up against the Giants? I mean, you've seen them enough. You know what they're going to do. Shoot, I mean, yeah, like you said, we know them. We know what they want to run. They know what we want to run. It's just, it's going to be a tough game. That's that's all it's going to come down. It's going to come to being physical. Who's going to play harder? Who's going to play faster for longer? And After missing last year's playoff game, Josh, does this have a little extra special meeting for you? Yeah, absolutely. This is what I, I've been waiting to get back to this moment since last year. I mean, it's, I just want to be out there playing with them. This, this means everything to me. And uh, what a time to come back. You know what I mean? It's... it's it's time to go. You feeling good? Yeah, absolutely. Great. And then also from the locker room, one more here before we get to Nick Sirianni. Dallas Goddard back, ready to go. Watched last week as Detroit's TJ Hawkinson had nine catches over 100 yards, or rather 10 catches over 100 yards, and the Minnesota Vikings really went to the tight end a lot. So what does that mean for Saturday night? Dallas Goddard is licking his chops. Hey, what, how would you describe the mindset of this locker room? Uh, I would say hungry. Um, you know, I think we're all uh, chomping on the bit, ready to get out there, ready to play. Um, obviously, we're in an incredible situation where uh, the playoffs get to come through Philly, and, uh, you know, we're just hungry to defend uh, the link, and uh, whoever comes in here, you know, uh, just go out there and execute a good game plan and uh, hopefully end up on top. How about for you? It's been a, a bit of an up, really up, and then the downtime season. Are you Ready to be back up? Yeah, I'm ready to be back up. Uh, you know, obviously, the first half of the season, it was there was really no uh, rough patches, and we had a few this last uh, three, four, five weeks, whatever it was. But uh, we're all excited. Obviously, this week uh, gives everybody a time to uh, let their body rest, let their body recover. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think we're just hungry to get back out there. We all noticed that um, Minnesota had great success getting the ball to the tight end. Is that something that you take notice of as you prepare? 
Yeah, you definitely see that. And obviously, TJ had a great game. And, uh, you know, I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity I get. But, uh, you know, they might play us different. Uh, you know, our game plan is going to be different than Minnesota's a little bit. But, uh, you know, hopefully I can go win my one-on-one matchup, get a few targets, and make the most out of them. Playoffs different than the regular season, Dallas? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's just everything's heightened. Everything's, you know, kind of under a microscope. Uh, you make one mistake, and that might be the mistake that uh, sends your team home. So it's really just about going in there and making sure you do your job on each and every play. And, you know, the defense is going to be ramping up, trying to make that play that sends their team over the top as well. So uh, it gets more physical. It gets more a uh, little bit faster, a little bit more aggressive, but uh, it just gets more fun. All right, Merrill, we're going to throw to uh, the the interview I had this week, actually late last week with Nick Sirianni. Growth that you've seen from Nick um, from last year to this year. That's a very, very interesting question because it's difficult to to say that unless you were in the meetings and you watched his interaction with the players. But I could see him last year start to feel more and more comfortable in the role of a head coach, even in his dealings with the media. Um, he He seemed more relaxed seemed to have more fun. But from the very beginning, you could tell that this was a guy with... Here, here, Doug, Jeffrey Lurie used this phrase when he hired Doug Peterson after the Chip Kelly disaster, and he talked about emotional intelligence. And you could see that this was a guy with emotional intelligence who could communicate. I think the biggest thing you have to be as a head coach is to be a great communicator and a great teacher. I laugh when I hear about this franchise wants to get an offensive head coach or a defensive head coach. I don't think it matters a lick which side of a ball the head coach comes from. You have to be a leader. You could see Nick is a leader. You have to be somebody who interacts well with people, who your players like and respect. You can't just be everybody's friend. They have to respect you. You have to be able to so-called crack the whip every now and then and, and not be such a nice guy. I think Nick has it all. I think he has that self-assurance, that confidence, that you can see. And I think he made a good move um, last year when he turned over the play calling to Shane Steichen. I did a, a show, Dave, a couple of weeks ago with Dick Vermeil. And Dick said one of the adjustments he made after he stepped down as coach of the Eagles, remember, he didn't come back for 14 years. And he had a lot of time in 14 years to evaluate what he had done and what he would do if he ever had another chance. And he said, I decided that if I ever went back into coaching, I was going to have somebody else call the plays. Because to be an effective head coach, you have to be able to not just deal with that side of the ball, which takes up your entire si- time on the sideline if you're the play caller. You have to go over to the defensive coach. You have to go over to a player here and there. You have to be able, as Nick tells, uh, go into the different meeting rooms and see what the linebackers are talking about and see what the special teams are talking about and, and be part of everything, be the coach of the whole team. And I think that was a big part of his development. And Nick Sirianni, the latest of Jeffrey Lurie's great hires. Every single head coach Jeffrey Lurie has hired has reached the playoffs. Yes. Amazing. All right, here we are. We're weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. 
We welcome you to our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. Hello, everyone. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. And we're talking as the Eagles finish up their bye week preparation internally. So we've got an open weekend ahead. I hope you have a great weekend and really enjoy. Um, coach, you've come through this, this regular season as the number one seed, 14-3 and three record, terrific performance. What kind of sticks out about the season to you as you sit here right now? You know, you always have games that you remember and like, man, that was a sweet game. And, and just thinking back to any, any team I've ever been on, um, you think about games, you think about good wins, this and that. But, you know, the thing that always sticks with you is relationships, that the relationships you build, the, the, the good moments that you have, the tough times you have to bring each other through. So it's all those things that, that are going to stick with you. And like, those are the things you remember. Those are the things you, you cherish is the relationships you have with the other coaches, the relationships you have with the players, the, the relationships you see the players and the coaches uh, that have, they have together. Does Cleveland and Miami seem like a really long time ago or – does it seem like it's gone by really quickly for you? Sometimes, like, we'll watch a game, even, you know, as we're doing self-scout stuff right now, right? We'll naturally put the, a game on, and there'll be a clip from the Jacksonville game, or there'll be a clip from the Arizona game, and you think to yourself, was that this year? Was that, yeah. And so, like, in, in the football season, it goes by quick when you're in it, yes, but sometimes games feel like a long time ago. And I think that's natural because you're growing. You're always growing, and it's like, man, we're a better football team than we were you know, back then. And, and, and we know that a lot of teams are in the NFL, especially ones that are playing now. And so uh, you know, it's, we've grown a lot since then, um, but it does, it does feel like a long time ago, some of those things. We now go into the postseason. I think every Eagles fan wants to know, how do you feel? Like, do you step back and go, hey, I feel really good about this football team? Yeah, of course. I mean, this this has got a, just a great special group of guys um, that are close together, um, that want to win for each other, want to play good for each other, and so that's what makes you feel good. Uh, you know, that's what makes you feel good is the type of is the talent that we have on this team, um, the guys we have on this team, um, the work that we got this week. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely see that as an advantage. To, we get to look at what we did all season and be able to fix some of the things we did or do, you know, all those different things. So it's an advantage. Uh, it's an advantage to be able to play at home. And so, yeah, we feel really good. Last year was a trip to Tampa Bay. I wonder what you took out of that experience from a, from a Nick Sirianni standpoint. You know, same thing. You're always trying to grow from every experience, uh, regardless of if it's a preseason game, if it's a preseason practice, if it's an in-season practice, if it's a bi-week practice that we just got off the field doing, um, if it's a playoff game. You're, you're trying to grow from each experience. No doubt we're a different team than we were there. We're, we're 365 days uh, better. That's, that's how we feel, that we're better because of things that we've went through, experiences that we've went through. We've been there. Uh, a lot of our guys, have, as we know, have been there and played in huge games, right? Uh, we have guys that are still left from the Super Bowl team, guys that played in BCS National Championship games, right? guys that have played in NFC, AFC Championship games. So, you know, we feel good uh, in the sense of, hey, we, we were there last year and we're ready to go again. So I guess that segues into my last question here about Jalen and he was in a playoff game for the first time last year. He had been in huge games in college. I mean, did he? Does he learn? Does he move forward from that experience last year? Jalen's the type of guy, and we feel like we got the guys on this team that no matter what scenario we go through, we're moving forward. That's just the way we go about our business. That's just our mentality. Um, that's just our mindset that we grow from every experience. And so, of course, you know, you go through a playoff game. That's a different feeling, maybe. Um, it's a different feeling than your practice on a, a Thursday. But we know we can grow from each and every moment that we've had. We've had some, some games this year that 
we feel like all games this year we've we've grown from and you know whether they were games that turned out the way we wanted them to or games that didn't turn out the way we wanted to we know we we get better from those scenarios and that's how we feel and now it's time for our first look at a team we know very very well the new york giants who we just saw 13 days ago john schmilk giants.com joins me what has happened to this giants team and the game they played in minnesota in minneapolis just a terrific performance how ready are they for Saturday night? Our first look at the Giants. John, not surprised at all to see the Giants so soon again after the Week 18 game. Uh, let's talk about what happened on Sunday in Minneapolis. Your takeaways from a really impressive Giants victory. Yeah, Tony, uh, Dave rather, the, um, the Giants offense is clicking. I mean, they're right now playing as well as they have all year. Um, especially in the passing game. I mean, they are throwing the ball up and down the field. You know, Saquon Barkley had less than 10 carries last week. Daniel Jones had 17. Um, the pass offense is clicking. Now, I think a lot of that is a product of their opponent, the Vikings, as, as you guys are well aware. <laughs> you know, the Eagles played the Vikings earlier this year. The pass defense is not very good. So I think that had a lot to do with the fact that the Giants were able to really throw the ball so well. And, you know, they played the Vikings in two of their last three games. Uh, so I'm curious to see next week when they play a much better defense in Philadelphia if they um, decide to alter that approach a little bit. But really, Daniel Jones has probably played the three of the top five or six games in his career or top seven, something like that, in, in, his, in his last three starts. So he's playing really well, doing it with his arm, doing it with his legs. And then defensively, you know, they, they bracketed and double-teamed Justin Jefferson pretty much the entire game. Wink Martindale went away from his tendencies. He only blitzed like 20% of the time, which is, you know, more than half of what he usually does, usually up around that, you know, 45 to 50% area. And Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams dominated the inside of the line. You know, Kirk Cousins, who I really thought played a great game, to be honest. With you. I thought he was fantastic. Um, he had Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams in his face that entire game, which I think really sealed the Giants' win in the end. So, that's how the Giants are winning right now. You know, they've been scoring, and that interior defensive line has uh, really done a good job. And I think, you know, we talked about it before the first matchup. I think that Dexter Lawrence-Jason uh, Kelsey matchup is really going to be huge. I think Kelsey did a pretty good job against them in that first matchup, uh, but that's going to be key. John, let's talk about Daniel Jones, and clearly New York believes in him. Uh, the conversation is now about Daniel Jones being the quarterback of this football team moving forward. What has happened with him? What kind of progress, development have you seen from him this year? Yeah, and I think it's been steady, uh, to be honest with you, Dave. You know, all year he's done a good job of protecting the football. He is the lowest interception rate, so interception per pass attempt in the league. Uh, he's protected the ball. He's not fumbling the ball anymore. He's, a, he's less than a handful of fumbles. Uh, and so that's number one. And that he's been doing since the beginning of the year. But as I mentioned, over the last month or so, you know, the efficiency numbers, which are always good, I don't know where he is now at one point. You know, PFF tracks um, uh, expected completion percentage, you know, which kind of takes drops out of it. And Daniel Jones led the league in that category as well in terms of completion percentage. So he's been efficient for most of the year. What's changed now is that, they're starting to get more production out of him, more passing yards, uh, moving the ball up and down the field. The Giants started that game against the Vikings with three straight scoring jar drives of 80 yards or more. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that for the first time all year in the last six weeks or so, they've had their same three wide receivers out there. 
You know, Darius Slayton's their speed guy. Isaiah Hodgins is their big, taller possession guy. And then Richie James is their, you know, quick slot guy that can separate a little bit. And I think he's gotten really comfortable with those guys. I think Dable and uh, Mike Kafka, the Giants' uh, offensive coordinator, have put together good schemes to take advantage of their skill sets and the comforts there. And I think you put all that together, that's why the Giants' offense has kind of come alive like it has over the past month. How about the progress the the offensive line has made? I mean, clearly it's been an issue in the past. Uh, What have you seen from the O-line lately? Yeah, look, Andrew Thomas is phenomenal. Uh, He's one of the best left tackles in the league. Uh, He's really good. Uh, They're still doing a bit of a rotation at left guard next to Thomas. Ben Bredesen and Nick Gates have been splitting snaps there. And one week, Bredesen gets more. The next week, Gates gets more. Bredesen got, I think, around 65 or 70% of the snaps last week. Uh, He did a nice job. Those guys are fine. You know, John Feliciano at center, they use him as a puller a lot. Um, He's been okay, but I think if you're looking for a weakness to attack, you're looking at the center spot and then to the right. So you have Feliciano, you have Glowinski, Mark Glowinski, who came over from the Colts in the offseason, a right guard, and then the rookie Evan Neal at right tackle. And, you know, Neal has struggled this year. He didn't give a sack last week, uh, but he did give up, I think it was six or seven pressures to a combination of Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith. And Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham really had their way with him when these two teams played for the first time in the beginning of December. So if there's a weakness to point at, I'd say it's probably that side of the line because Andrew Thomas has been terrific at left tackle and uh, the left guards have done a pretty good job too. John, you mentioned that Wink Martindale pulled back a little bit from the blitz game in Minneapolis. What do you anticipate happening on Saturday night, I mean, uh, certainly the Eagles in week 14, early in that game, up and down the field. Uh, and I really didn't know that, that Wink kind of pulled back on the on the blitz. Uh, very interesting that there's that kind of variety in the Giants scheme. I thought it was going to blitz, blitz, blitz. Um, you know, what, what, what will work against the Eagles? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, it's very different. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, what do the Eagles allow Jalen Hurts to do, right? How much contact is he going to take as a runner? Uh, that's a big part of this. But I, you know, in, in my opinion, obviously, you, you know, you follow the team more than, you know, you, you're all over the Eagles more than I am. But I think a lot of what they do has to do with how they use Hurts as a runner and whether or not he can take hits on that shoulder. Um, so I think I was just actually talking to Mike Mayock about this. We had him on our Giant Total podcast this morning. And, you know, he said, look, I think you go into the, to the game with a couple different ga- with one game plan that you can adjust based on what Hertz is able to do. Uh, and the other difference, I think, too, and this is probably the more important thing, the Vikings do not want to run the ball. Dalvin Cook's really good. Kevin O'Connell wants to throw it. He does not want to run it. And, look, we have seen the Eagles get away from the run a little bit at, at different times this year, Dave, but, you know, the Eagles have maybe the best offensive line in football. It's terrific, and Miles Sanders is, is a really good back, and then you have Hurts, too. So the Giants play quarters like 45% of the time in that game. I don't think you can play two safeties back against that Eagles offensive line in front. I think they'll just run it down your throat the whole game. So I don't think it's going to be the same game plan. I think you have to adjust. Uh, and frankly, But I don't think you can, you know, man up with a single high safety against A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith either, even though they got a Dory Jackson back, Xavier McKinney's back. I don't think that's a recipe for success, which I guess the summary would be. That's why the Eagles' offense is so hard to defend, because you guys can win in a lot of different ways. It's interesting that there's questions about what Jalen can do. I, I guess I expect him to be able to do everything. I mean, I think that's the whole purpose of kind of 
a game plan in week 18 that was less than what the Eagles would really normally show. Certainly Jalen didn't run then. I, I guess my, maybe I'm wrong, but my expectation is that he does, he does it all. I mean, this is the playoffs, right? You're, 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 you're giving everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, obviously you would have more information on his health than I would. It's just a matter of if the shoulder can take hits, right? And, you know, one of the favorite plays that you guys run when I watch you on tape is that quarterback power, right? You know, they they, they, they do the shotgun snap to Jalen. Miles Sanders is the lead blocker. They pull, you know, a guard, sometimes a guard and a tight end around, and, and they just lead, and, and they use him as a running back. And I'm curious to see if they're willing to use him in that way this week. And if you tell me they are, then this is going to be a real tough go. And <laughs> your offense is going to be real tough to stop. Yeah, I mean, I would expect it to happen that way. But, but hey, who knows? I mean, things change. The thing about the playoffs, John, is never necessarily – and people always wonder – it's not necessarily the best team. It's the best team that game. and Who, that's who plays the, the best that day? Fun. Absolutely. Exactly. Yep. And, and Brian Dable has really infused the Giants with confidence. He's been aggressive in his play calls. Uh, I mean, clearly, like, if there were any questions about Brian Dable, I assume, John, that they are no longer – that every question has been answered? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the way the Giants started this year, and let me see, what did they start? I'm looking at the schedule. They started the season six and one. There really wasn't an area of doubt here. <laughs> People got on board pretty quick, and uh, they had a little bit of a low there at the, the end of November, beginning in December. But yeah, look, they have they have belief in Dable. You know, Mike Kafka and him have done a great job putting this offense together. With as you mentioned, an offensive line that's better, but still not a lead, and a bunch of wide receivers that, frankly. A lot of people probably haven't heard much about, and they've done a real nice job with it. And then Wink is, you know, made do with a defense that's had a bunch of injuries in the secondary, which is, you know, in this league is a very hard thing to do. But he's done it, and you know, he's been more flexible than I thought he would. You know, Dave, to your point, you said a second ago. You know, when Wink got here from Baltimore, I thought it was going to be all right. I don't care what this other team is. I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to blitz, 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 blitz. But there's been much more of a variety than I thought, and he's really adjusted to the personnel, which has really impressed me. And then finally, John, I think to me what's so critical in this game and what the Giants did so well on Sunday, gave up the early touchdown and then came right back against Minnesota. To me, kind of that first quarter, the first setting the tone kind of thing is going to be so important. Do you agree with that? Yes, and uh, the Giants are not going to be built to play from behind in this game, Dave. If if the Eagles get up a couple scores early and you know the Giants have to throw it a lot, and that was another big thing last week. Uh, the Giants did not run the ball a lot traditionally. Daniel Jones had a bunch of design runs, but overall the Giants just ran Saquon Barkley nine times and ran Matt Breda only three times, and Daniel Jones dropped back you know, almost over 40 times in the game. You know, I don't think you can have that type of ratio against the Eagles' pass rush. Uh, that, to me, is not a recipe for success. So you want to get off to a good start so you can play you know, at least even or maybe you know, hopefully from ahead if, if, if you're the Giants. You can stay balanced. You don't, you know, subject your offensive line to, to your pass rush. You don't put Daniel Jones in danger. And you also keep the crowd quiet. I mean, you'll know better than me. I got to imagine that crowd is going to be pretty electric uh, coming up on Saturday night. Yeah, it's a great atmosphere down here. Everybody really excited to see the Eagles back at Lincoln Financial Field in the playoffs. And, of course, the Giants are always featured entertainment. John, thank you so much. And, um, We'll see you on Saturday night. Should be a great one. A playoff rivalry renewed. And, and by the way, shout out to the NFC East. Three teams still alive. Uh, let's let's 
stop busting on the NFC East. It's been the best division in football maybe this year. Yeah, absolutely. We know at least one will be in the NFC title game. Maybe two. Who knows? Now time for our extra point. We visit with former Eagles defensive tackle Bo Allen, part of the 2017 Super Bowl championship team, who I spotted on the morning of the Parade of Champions walking with Jason Kelsey. I've been waiting for this interview. I wanted to find out exactly what Bo Allen knew prior to Jason delivering the epic champions speech he's our legend of the week bo allen former eagles defensive tackle please welcome in former eagles defensive tackle bo allen played with the eagles 2014 through 2017 a member of course of the super bowl 52 winning team bo dave spadero here great to see you my man dave great to see you thanks for having me on i don't know about legend but uh it's you know i'm happy to be here happy to be you're 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 a legend for many reasons and we will get into (laughs) one of them um in just i did a little investigative reporting here so i'm gonna hit you at the end with with the big question so we'll get to that can't wait Uh, why why did it work for you in the nfl both seventh round picks aren't supposed to make it in the league yeah, I don't know. Well, I think when I was a rookie, I had a lot of great guidance from some older vet players, uh, guys like Connor Barwin and you know Fletcher Cox and the D-liner and Brandon Graham, who's having a stellar year for the Birds this year, and uh, also Jason Kelsey. And those guys really kind of took me under their wing and helped me out a lot. You know, as a seventh-round pick, you kind of have to earn everything. Um, and you definitely have to earn everything when you're an interior defensive lineman. Your game was power but you can't live on power alone. Like, did you, what, the technique that you developed, I'm sure in college, you know, you could overpower people. You were super strong. Right. What did you develop in the NFL that kind of really made the difference for you? Yeah, well, I mean, you can't live on power alone, especially in the in the NFL when you're going up against, you know, other massive human beings, guys like, you know, Brandon Brooks and Marshall Yonda and some other interior offensive linemen that I played against. So it's always important to have kind of a counter move and, you know, I'd always set things up with power. And one of my favorite things to do if I was rushing as, you know, a three technique or something like that early in the game, go to a lot of bull rushes, go to a lot of power and then hit, uh, you know, a big hump move. They call it uh, kind of patented by Reggie White back in the day. But, um, you know, those O-linemen are expecting power. So then, you know, kind of club them by with a hump move. And uh, that was kind of one of my favorite uh Favorite counter rushes to hit, and it worked out pretty well at times. But as you look back on it, what was it like playing in Philly? This culture, uh, you know, the fan base loves its Eagles. You really got involved in the community. I mean, you yep. really seemed to kind of just really enjoy and, and cherish and relish every day. Yeah, I really did. I mean, I loved the Eagles fans. I'm not going to lie. I suppose when I first uh, signed in, in Philadelphia as a rookie, I moved out. I lived in South Philly. I actually rented from uh, Brent Selleck, another Eagles legend. Um, but I was so confused. I was I felt a little bit like a fish out of water. I was like, these people are so direct. Uh, kind of let you know how they're feeling and why are people parking in the middle of Broad Street? What's going on here? Uh, and it wasn't until I spent a full offseason um, in Philadelphia that I really, you know, kind of felt felt at home there and came to love it. So, you know, love the passion from the fan base, love how invested they are in football, because obviously as a you know, Philadelphia Eagles football player were incredibly invested in it. Well, and you you played in Tampa Bay. You were with the Patriots as well for a year. Um, totally different, like culture of football in those cities. Um, well, Tampa is incredibly hot. I'm actually down in Tampa right now, so I got a place down here and I live down here. Um, it's definitely different than Philly. Uh, different vibe. I think there's kind of a lot of crossover between. 
you know, certain teams to a certain extent, but you know, the vibe in the locker room is always different depending on, you know, who, what guys you have in there, what personnel you have. Um, but I think it's safe to say that kind of Philly stands alone in terms of, uh, you know, it's fan base. Um, I think Philly as a city has a certain vibe to it. Um, you know, that everyone buys into whether it's, you know, fans or guys in the locker room and, or the team and stuff like that. Um, so I definitely kind of look back at, at my time in Philly through rose colored lenses, especially because of the Super Bowl. But Philly definitely has a, a special feel to it. Uh, you good segue into the Super Bowl season 2017. Uh, you were a key part of the rotation inside. When, as you recall back, like when did you think that season was going to be special? Uh, well, I talk about this. I do a podcast with my buddy Chris Long, um, who I know you're familiar with. But there's this funny moment where Chris was mic'd up, and I think we were playing the Broncos maybe like midway through the year. And uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, there's such a routine with football, and, you know, you kind of just attack every day, whether it's, you know, a Wednesday where you're doing run install or a Thursday with more third down pass stuff, and then Friday, you know, red zone goal line. So you don't really, it's hard to see the forest through the trees sometimes because it's just you take it one day at a time and one game at a time. But I remember during that uh, Broncos game, we were winning, and, you know, super loud in the link and just turned over to Chris on the side. I was like, man, are we good? Like, huh. We're pretty good, aren't we? Um, so I think that was kind of when, you know, when I realized that we, we might have a shot to, you know, be a pretty good team uh, in the playoffs and in the postseason. But it's hard because you don't really appreciate it until until later in your career. When you're in season, you're kind of just focused on, you know, especially as a D lineman, the task right in front of you. Um, so you don't appreciate, you know, how you're how the successes that you're having. Um but I think that was that was kind of a moment that's you know kind of stuck out is just sitting on the sideline, taking it all in with your buddy, and just being like, "Man, we're pretty good. We we might have a shot at this thing." How how did you enjoy the Super Bowl? The actual experience <laughs> of the Super Bowl, the freezing cold weather in Minneapolis, the intensity, and then the spotlight of the game. Yeah, let me give you a little bit of insight. I don't know. I haven't really shared this too much, but uh, I'm actually from Minnesota, so to experience yeah. the Super Bowl in Minnesota was. A little bit of a dream come true, but uh, it was also exhausting, emotionally exhausting, mentally exhausting, obviously physically exhausting. Late in the year, you're banged up. You know, you want you want to put it all out there and everything, but uh, just I don't know if people understand how much you know how much goes into it. And I think I had like 30 people at the game, which is a blessing, but it's also you know it, there's so much that goes in it. I loved every every aspect of the Super Bowl, but there's and you know that run that we had but there's there's uh there's a lot of blood sweat and tears that go into creating that moment and uh it's kind of you know it's surreal to think about it to look back on it but man that was that was uh that was an emotionally draining game to be a part of especially on defense well i got this is where i really want to get the inside dirt okay so here's my memory you got a chance to win the super bowl we get back to philly it's crazy and then on thursday we have the parade now, oh, yeah. we all had to meet at Lincoln Financial Field at 8 a.m. I don't know exactly <laughs> what time it was, but I remember distinctly looking up and seeing you and Kelsey walking into the, uh, one of the clubs. Uh, Kelsey, of course, is wearing the Mummers outfit. You yeah. were wearing your stars and stripes. Was that Kid Rock or Mr. <laughs> America, whatever it was? was? It was a double denim kind of thing. Right. I think I had you know, a uh, Canadian tuxedo on with the American uh, T-shirt underneath and then some gloves. I don't know. It looked was, great. But yeah. it, it looked great. So you guys are walking in with a 30-pack of soda, <laughs> and I'm thinking something's going to go down here today. So the question is, did you know that Kelsey's Super Bowl speech was coming as it as it happened. 
Um, I had a little bit of an inkling, but I didn't necessarily know the extent of it. Kelsey and I lived right next to each other at that time and over in Packer Park, right by Novacare and right by the link. And, uh, you know, woke up kind of early and went over to his house to, uh, you know, get ready. You know, Kels kind of had this little aura about him where I could tell he was, you know, he was going to be on one. Uh, and he mentioned <laughs> something kind of offhand about how he, he was going to say a couple words at the parade and i was like oh that's cool like you know what you're gonna say and he's like ah oh, i'm not really well that was that was a lie because he definitely <laughs> definitely knew that he was gonna say something so uh yeah i mean i don't think i knew the extent of it but uh Kels, Kels is a guy that really likes the spotlight and he likes the moment and he's not shy about it um and he definitely delivered at that time and and every player enjoyed it as much as every fan like the most epic speech in philadelphia history right absolutely but what is life like for you now Oh, uh, that's a good question. I mean, it's definitely different, um, you know, retired, not playing. So um, kind of figuring out what that might be. I'm actually in the process of uh, getting my undergrad degree from Wisconsin, um, which is cool. Yeah, thank you. I have one more class. It's it's a Calc 2 class. Um, so looking forward to, you know, finishing up my degree, getting a, a business degree from uh, University of Wisconsin and uh, figuring out what's next. So there's, uh, you know, it's... It's definitely a different life uh, without football, I'll tell you that. I'm sure you'll figure it out. You figured out everything along the way. You've been just your – I remember it so well, the locker room, awesome locker room we had, great chemistry. It was, it was the best of times, 2014, 2017. It was the best times, yeah. We had an unbelievable locker room, unbelievable D-line room, and a you know, very deep uh, rotation. And it's fun to watch guys that I played with, like Fletcher and – uh, and BG and those guys, and you know, obviously Kelsey is a good buddy of mine. It's fun to watch them have continued success with the Eagles. Indeed, uh, Bo Allen, our Microsoft Teams Legend of the Week. Who, if you go to his Twitter handle, you will find out that he believes that capes and cloaks are going to be the fashion statement, right, in 2023. I think you could rock a cloak, Dave. I think that'd look unbelievable on you. You should try it out sometime. You know, you maybe know, winter. It's, it's, maybe uh, I will. It's a good look. New it's a year. Good look for you. <laughs> New year, new me. Bo Allen, thanks so much, man. Great seeing you, and I hope to see you in Philly very soon. All right, Merrill, uh, let's get to Saturday night here. Your thoughts on a few keys to the Eagles and and how they win this game. Number one, don't turn over the football. Turnovers kill. And the Eagles were so great early in the season with that they were up to plus 15 in turnover differential. They finished the season plus eight which is okay, but they were better early. Turnovers are a key to that game. Number two, play contain on Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, as I said, I think he's a rising star. I really do. I think he's going to be an outstanding quarterback. I visualize him becoming a top 10 quarterback in this league. But one of the things he has going for him is he doesn't look fast because he has long legs and loping strides, but he moves quickly and he makes decisions quickly. He can beat you with his arm, but when things break down, he can also run. So don't go to sleep. Contain Daniel Jones. And number three, protect Jalen Hurts. Give him that extra second to go deep. Keep him safe. Build that shield around him. That's a key. Merrill, um, Lane Johnson, uh, we do anticipate him playing. I mean, to me, there's a huge X factor here. Not only that Lane plays, but that he stays yes, on the field. Yes, It really is remarkable the difference this team has with Lane on the field versus when he's not there. Mm-hmm. 
best right tackle we've seen here. I mean, John Runyon, great. Lane Johnson, a different kind of athlete. Any others prior to that that you can remember who Jerry Sizemore, Jerry left tackle. Sizemore was, was he was a, a right left, tackle. He was a right tackle. Stan Walters was the left tackle. Oh, right, right. So Jerry, so and Jerry Sizemore, an Eagles Jerry Hall Sizemore, of Famer. Absolutely. Um, anyway, so keep uh, X factors in this game. Saquon Barkley. Uh, great uh, player. Great player. Uh, do you anticipate the Giants blitzing in this game? Oh, that's what they do. That's what they do. I, I have no doubt that they're going to bring the heat. Okay. Now, I believe this will be a, a very strong Eagles win. You think it'll be a lot closer than that? I think it will be a competitive game going to the midway point of the fourth quarter. And then the Eagles pull away. I, I believe so. I, I hope so. I believe so. But I, I don't see this as uh, a walk in the park. I think this is a tough game. Merrill, here we are, another playoffs. Can I get just a, 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 a go birds from you with some emphasis? Go birds! Thank you, Merrill Reese. Thanks for joining me here. Oh, what a thrill. On the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, Eagles and the Giants, Saturday night, Lincoln Financial Field. The playoffs begin. We thank you for joining us. Peter Kelly, thanks for all of your work. Kira Mahoney as well. Thanks to all of you for joining each and every episode. I'm back Saturday night with our instant reaction Eagles Insider Podcast from what we hope is a very happy Lincoln Financial Field locker room. Have yourselves a great Eagles Day, everyone. Fly, Eagles, fly, and go Birds!